Weirdo Bookworms, unite. We want to share our love of genre fiction with you. Some readers out there may look down on you for your love of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy, but not us. So stop by as we discuss what we've been reading. Hi, genre junkies. This is Sandra. And this is Scott. And welcome to another episode. So this is kind of our little Halloween preview, because we reviewed a book that has a healthy amount of horror, fantasy, and sci-fi in it, but I would say an emphasis on the horror. I, and and the title itself kind of leans towards horror, which drew us to it initially. So excited to discuss this book and very excited to have our good friend Kelly back on the show. Hey! She's I'm here. Back. Hi, I'm Kelly Hitman. Kelly is a avid reader. She's a writer. She's an actor. And most importantly, she's our good friend and also my co-host on our new venture. That's right. We have a new special venture premiering. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, by the time this comes out, it will already. No. Be- well, no. Not no? Yet. Oh, not, not yet. yet. We're a little not ahead yet. of the curve. Okay. Okay. Well, premiering week. let's say september 27th yes our new show uh spooky slumber party that's right spooky tentative slumber. title <laughs> <laughs> assuming everything goes through we will be the spooky slumber party with our dear friend emma yeah so it's super fun it's us three ghouls our, our little ghoul gang talking about all things horror and ghouly and just having a good spooky time yeah and a healthy healthy dose of feminism i believe they call it feminism yes and uh so this is a perfect book for us to review kind of segues into our new podcast adventure as well. Absolutely. So uh, we can't wait to have you all take a listen and interact with us on the social medias and yeah. good stuff. So the book we're reviewing tonight is called Betty Bites Back, which how much do we love that title, people? Well, I'll say it was quite a surprise. Never, never judge a book by its title. Oh my. It was not completely not what I expected from the title. Okay. I agree. It kind of, I I was expecting something very horror forward. I was expecting like pulpy bean novel. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Which I'm like, okay, that's, that's cool. Like I'm all for that, but wow, it was so much more. Okay. More is good. Yes. yes. Uh, It's got this wonderful kind of pulpy cover to it of these beautiful lips crunching a skull and the writing's drippy. This is, uh, the full title is actually Betty Bites Back Stories to Scare the Patriarchy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it very much accomplishes that. And it is edited by Mindy McGinnis, Demetria Lunetta, and Kate Carius Quinn. So this was uh, a pre-release that we had the opportunity uh, to get to review. So I hope everybody goes out and gets to check this out. So we're going to keep the first half spoiler free as always. And then in the second portion, we'll get into the nitty gritty and break down a whole bunch of the stories for everyone. Um, I loved the foreword in this book. For the quiet, bookish, and rebellious types, this one's for you. Mm. So sweet. I love that. Nothing like a quiet rebellion. I love it. The best kind. The best kind, because nobody sees it coming. Oh, just sneaking on in there. Yeah. Sneaking on in and stabbing the patriarchy in the front. But you know, like what we were just saying about the title, the cover art, too. Yes. Totally not what I expected. Yes. Not at all. Mm -mm. I feel like, I mean, it was kind of selling itself short. You think so? Not that it was, again, not that it was bad, but it it led me to believe it was going to be something completely different. And it goes pretty deep. Yeah. 
I think it did a good job of that. I think that was a marketing strategy that ended up working. Okay. Uh, mm. I am a feminist, and I do seek out uh, some feminist works. But if this was just presented as, you know, feminist works by authors in media, I'd be like, ah, mm, okay, I'm okay. probably not going to review this for the show, certainly. And, and I probably wouldn't get around to reading it. I'm just, I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. Where the title drew me in immediately. Okay. And oh, got yeah. me into it, got us to review it on the show. And I, I feel like that that was a huge success because yeah. I'm really glad that I read it. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. But I, I probably wouldn't have if the marketing wasn't as such. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I went in expecting almost this, like I say, this pulp B-novel, B-movie, almost like comic booky kind of thing, like thinking I was going to get into some sort of, I don't know what, like think of the Munsters or like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Almost cartoony. Yeah. Yeah. And then was like blown away by how emotional I got. Oh, I got very emotional. <sighs> so many stories <sighs> in this book. Like it's literally, I laughed, I cried, yes. I got angry. I got, all, I, yes, I was all filled with joy. Like all yep. of the emotions yep. were present and accounted for. Um, Kelly, I'd also like you to kind of uh, chime in as we review this in the first half and the spoiler section as someone who writes fiction. Yes. And um, I've, I've had the pleasure of reading some of your work. Yeah. So, yes. And the timing of this episode is very interesting because uh, when I was asked to do this episode, I actually am in the middle of working on my own horror short story collection that mm-hmm. has a feminist vibe. And when the idea was first presented to me, I actually felt this like pang of like, jealousy. I was like, what? No, th- I was supposed to do this kind of a project. <laughs> <laughs> And then I realized we can all we can all do it. We can all there's lots of room. Yes. And there's um I think a niche being carved out by writers like Kelly and others that are like genre fiction, heavily feminist. And that's always been there, uh, you know, ever since women have been writing, but that it's becoming really, I don't know, like kind of a, a new, like real subgenre yeah. well, people literature. People are act- actually paying attention to it now and giving it the credit that, you know, that where credit's due. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. So I guess let's say our experience with this book. By the way, we're not going to do an appeal score because here at Genre Junkies, we believe everybody should be a feminist. So this uh, work of feminist literature short stories should appeal to everyone. That's our little PSA. But um, let's talk about our experience scores. Who would like to go first? I would love to go first. Hit it. Um, now, it, it's it's hard with the short story collection because, you know, you have a different experience with each one. Um, but if I had to pick one overall to average it out, I would say a good read. All right. Okay. Because there there's one story in particular that is obsession level. <gasps> okay. There might be one that's a bit of a struggle, um, but really to... Overall, I would say a a good read. Um, I actually agree with you. I have to put it as a good read. Okay. I I loved it, and it was very powerful. A lot of the stories, uh, none of the stories were struggles for me. Uh, Some of them were Mm -hmm. really moving and 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 stick with me. Mm -hmm. But I I have to say, there was a lot of stuff in there that, while I strongly sympathized with. I didn't identify with it because there's a lot of experiences in there that I have no way of identifying with. And that's okay. I think it's important to be able to read a book and enjoy a book and appreciate a book that 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 shows... A different ex- walk of life, a it, diversity to you. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, it kind of makes me think how many books I've read where even there's, there's female 
main characters that I identify with. It's like, wow, everything really is kind of written for me, isn't it? Right? Aren't you just lucky? Yeah. (laughs) Well, we shouldn't say everything is written for you. We should say that things are... um, You get the opportunity to read things that um, identify for you because yeah, a lot of people I mean. the writers are and, out there but the work is hard to get yes and really good writing is like taking these scenarios that could be you know seemingly impossible or crazy insane and being able to relate to it even like the tiniest bit yes like okay take harry potter for example um a spoiler alert hogwarts does not exist you know <laughs> no! the wizarding world there i mean there are some universal studios but it's not like Real, real. Sure, sure. Sorry, I, I, it like breaks my heart to have to say that. Aim. But it's written so well that you can relate to the characters in it, and it yeah. feels it feels real. I feel that. I, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Um, they don't really go into into heavy menstruation the Harry, in the Harry Potter novels. There's yeah, actually <laughs> a lot of diversity lacking in Harry Potter upon. Um, yeah. reminiscing but uh we all Re- still love really it. you think so like are you talking yeah. gender or race oh, uh, this is a whole thing this is a whole, a whole thing. thing it's um uh there's no out lgbtq plus characters there's very little um ethnic except well <laughs> dumbledore, dumbledore is <laughs> right not, but that was not, most... never written not, I know. never yeah, written after, never shown on that. screen no. it's just all something that she came up with after the fact and yeah. said and, and even if she thought of it at the time she didn't put that put it out there mm. and and ethnically too you know she she never fought for those characters to be depicted as anything other than uh, Caucasian. Atmosphere. Oh, oh yeah. I see what you're There's okay. very few that are like their names or mm-hmm. what, you know, like the uh, Parvati and her sister. Yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah. You know. So, so anyway, so it's like, I love it. And we all love, we all love Harry Potter. Oh, we Die do. for the Potter. Do, yes. <laughs> but, you know, it's always good as we progress as readers to uh, be like, you know, there's always room for diversity, and there should be, because everybody should read and everybody should see themselves represented. But it should never feel forced. No, never. That's the that's worst. That's the actual worst. Yeah. No, that's just... <laughs> Is when it's, like, done on purpose to, like, get, you know, to yeah. get, like, PC points. Yeah, like, look know. at me. I'm so good at this. <laughs> so, I, I, okay. So, so since we're doing this, I'm just going to say I think people need need to feel like they can write about their own experiences, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to appeal to a mass market and and uh, bringing it down yeah, to you, appeal oh, should to as never many have to sacrifice possible. your art just to in order to appease yeah. the. Yeah. And we're not going into an appeal score on this particular book, but that's why I've always said that 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 appeal score isn't like a one to five rating. They're just right. categories. Mm-hmm. Niche yeah. can be the greatest score you can give a book. Absolutely. So I think that I think we're looking that, at you, David Sodergren. Yeah. So I, I think that you know Harry Potter is its own little world that it, you know it's it's for quote unquote everybody, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but for the broadest mass anyway. But this mm-hmm. book really really focuses. In in on the experiences and mindset of these writers. I agree. Mm-hmm. My experience, I think I had more of a favorable um, time than either of you did. I, um, I'm i somewhere between uh, page turn and, and obsession nice. because I really liked a lot of stories in here. I tried to pick a favorite 
and it's kind of hard. I do kind of have a favorite, but at the same time, I don't because there's a few that I really mm-hmm. loved. Mm-hmm. And I was just so excited to get to the next story, to just keep going. And I even went back and reread a couple of them uh, before we started recording because I just yeah. was so happy and so excited to talk That's about it. That's one thing I'll say is that they all do, regardless of how much you like them as a whole, they all hook you from the first. Good right. I mean, yeah. from the first page first couple paragraphs yeah yeah okay i'm very excited that can be fun about short stories and good short story collections is it's like it it hits you hard right at the beginning Mm -hmm. it tells its story and it gets out and that that kind of almost sticks with you harder Mm mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. And I don't like for me, Kelly, you can tell us your experience. But like for me, um, I love just devouring this book and I love devouring good short story collections because I love short stories. Scott takes a break after every story. I do. He lets it digest. Where do you fall in that? Gosh, I, I did no, no more than two at a time. Okay. So I, I do like to have that little break. Okay, so you're like somewhere in the middle. So like a little gobble. Two, two at a time was like one night where I just could not fall asleep. And I was like, I'll read another one. But yeah. yeah. yeah the there's part. a couple of these I did read back to back. Some of the like the real shorter ones. But I, even even just five minutes in between, just be like, okay, that was a story that I read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And okay, I now have internalized that story. And now I'll go on to the next one. Yeah. Just like I don't usually, I don't finish a book and then immediately start reading the first page of the second book. I, mm-hmm. I, I give it a little bit of time. A little time to, to grieve. <laughs> yes. Uh, one thing that I really loved about this collection, you guys can tell me your feelings on this, is uh, I liked that every author had a little bio because you don't always get that. Yes, loved that. And then they also, almost all of them then shouted out some feminist authors or pieces that inspired them. One last bite. Yes. As it was prefaced. Yeah. What'd you guys think of that? I think in a book like this, it's important for the author to be able to say what their intention was. To, to yeah, where they were coming to from. meet yeah, them and a to, little bit. To meet them, exactly, exactly. I found promote. myself looking them up on Instagram immediately yes. afterwards. Like, oh, I got to find out more about this author. I love that story. So, yeah, I think that was a great, great idea. Yeah. So, good job for the editors of this. And uh, I, th- who I think um, did they all three? I think had stories in here too of our editors. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I think all three of them had stories. I I thought that was really cool. That's something that should be adapted into more short story collections. I want to talk about the stories themselves. Me too. Well, I guess we got to go to the spoiler section. Oh, I guess. Oh, yes. Thank you. All right, everybody. We hope that we've hooked you. Uh, I mean, how can you not be intrigued by Betty Bites Back? But let's go to the spoiler section. Enjoying the show? Please like and subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Genre Junkies. And don't forget to visit the website, genrejunkies.com. All right, everybody. Welcome to the spoiler section. So, (laughs) yay! We are so excited to talk about these stories with you. 
Okay, so here we go. We start out with a bang on a poignant yet really hilarious note, which is Vagina Dentata by Mindy McGinnis. Mindy uses she, her pronouns. So this is about a female who goes into a plastic surgeon's office uh, because she would like some teeth in her vagina for protection. And so she can live her life and be free. I think it's a great idea. I endorse it. Same. Same. Kelly, what do you think? At first I was like, okay. I was like, okay, sure. Sure. Why not? Why not? Why not? Um, there was, I mean, like laugh out loud funny sometimes. It, it surprised me. Like, like I said, going into it, I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. Yep. And by the end, I was like, okay, let's do this. Right? I think <laughs> yes. you, you and the PA both in the uh, office who's giving her the interview felt <laughs> that way. Need some claws from a pussy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm usually very uncomfortable with that particular imagery. Well, it's, uh, and she mentions it in here, it's a, a kind of a folklore and a thing from throughout the world, the idea of vaginal dentata. But I'm down with this particular version. Yeah, isn't it like retractable or well, how well, yeah. does she de- she describes it really well? She uh, <laughs> does say retractable, yeah. yeah. But it's like specifically like I, you know I'll use it when I want to, and I won't, and I won't when I don't want to. She says I wear whatever I want, I go anywhere I please, stay out late, get drunk. Anybody f-s with me, I do a kegel. <laughs> and I do, I do love. Uh, so before we started recording, Sandra and I realized that we both highlighted the same exact line. Yes. It's a great line. And uh, I especially like when the PA says, well, you know, you could get charged for assault. And she's like, well, I'll say he was asking for it. <laughs> so good. Mm. Yes, girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, too, we get a little hint that the PA has been someone that was attacked herself. Yeah. So let's hope this becomes a movement. Yeah. So my my whole outlook on this story changed from the last sentence, last two sentences. Yeah. Yeah. What is and that's, it just totally yeah. it just totally like won me over. And that's when the PA realizes that um well we realize that she's a survivor. She's, yeah, and she's uh she's down. Yeah. Love some female solidarity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We'll keep moving. I'm just going to keep rolling. Keep the train rolling. Uh, the next piece was a poem by Corey McCarthy called You Wake With Him Beside You. Uh, Corey is an author that uses they, them, theirs pronouns. So this is a poem about leaving a relationship with a cisgendered male. And it was based on Corey's own experience uh, with an ex-partner. Sandra and I normally don't talk about books before we get on the show. This is the one that I had to actually talk to Sandra about and say, wait, do, do you identify with this one? Like, is this... Since like, we're let's a, have a conversation. Yeah, since we're married, you wanted to know. Yeah, I'm sorry, but who doesn't identify with that's this? that's what I told him. I was like, I'm sorry, but there's ways I feel very seen in this, mm-hmm. not to the extent of Corey's experience, right? But um, with definitely the sentiment for certain. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is not a, a freak incident. No. This is something that is commonplace mm-hmm. uh, where you feel as if this individual, specifically the cisgendered male, uh, has a tendency 
as uh, Corey puts it, to crawl into their partner's lives as if they own it. Mm-hmm. And there's some things therein that are um, learned, taught behavior. And I mean, this person is uh, smothered, is overwhelmed by this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like there's really anything good or redeeming about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And the way the way it's written, I mean, you feel like it's still very raw. Yes. Within them. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think if you feel this level of your identity being taken, mm-hmm. I don't think it's something you get over. Right. 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 I think that this is the, the story that affected me the most in the book. Really? There's a lot of, there's, I mean, there's other ones that I enjoyed mm-hmm. more because this one wasn't really meant to be enjoyed. This no. one was powerful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to have that that conversation with Sandra because I think it's imp- I think it's an important conversation piece and kind of a, a realization for a cis male myself to think about yeah. yeah what that what the author's saying from their experience yeah and their writing was great oh amazing I mean I mean that 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 poem is beautiful there's already like some books that Corey and uh, their partner Amy Rose uh, Carpetta have written that have been on our radar but after reading this shot up my list yeah now now i'm gonna be the one that rains on the parade um (laughs) it's fine i will say it was if i had to like rate every single one um unfortunately it would be towards the bottom of the list Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's bad at all yeah doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it it's just in comparison to the other ones it happened to unfortunately fall a little little below the others felt for seen, me but for me yeah 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 mm-hmm. it's hard to come second in any short story collection in any in anything performances it's hard to go second yeah yeah it is it's a hard place in the book mm-hmm. yeah but i think it was good to start funny and then i because i was able to digest this a little bit easier right yeah uh, next, we had one of my favorite stories, not my most favorite, but one of my favorites, which is The Weight of Iron by Amanda Sun. Amanda uses she, her pronouns. Uh, so this is a story of Galen, the book lover, <laughs> accused of witchcraft, sexually assaulted, and left for the arbiter. Well, that's relatable. <laughs> that, whole, <laughs> that whole sentence right there. Oh, and then it gets even more relatable, right? Because the arbiter takes her through the multiverse yeah, yeah. where uh, they meet a dying queen who who breaks the figurative chains that Galen wears, and uh, Galen becomes the next arbiter slash liberator. Same. <laughs> Same. Right? It's like my cover letter came to life. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, this the gets story. the prize of the story that made me feel like I had just watched a short movie. Oh, yeah. Yes, I want to see this as a movie so bad. So this was one of your two favorites as well? Uh, it was my favorite imagery. It was it was number one when it came to imagery and concept. This was my absolute favorite. Ah! Hands down. Stunning. Just, oh. This is a beautiful story. It's, I'm speechless. Uh, you're it's shrug- so good. Shrug- I, yes. This was a beautiful blending of fantasy and science fiction. Um, poetically written. Oh. It's mm. almost one of those where it's like, it's hard to know where to begin. Um, right, exactly. That's why I'm speechless. I'm like, where do I go? Amanda notes in there about uh, shattered innocence and seeing the suffering of other women uh, and 
But this suffering is what brings us sisterhood with each other, mm-hmm. is when you uh, witness another woman's pain. One of my favorite lines when she says, I am nothing but a girl unfairly judged. I am innocent and powerless. The queen laughs and it is like the spark of the creation of stars. If you are truly powerless, then why do they fear you so? 100%. I love that one. That is tattoo worthy. Oh, yes. This yeah. is embroider a tapestry and hang it on your wall worthy. Yeah, I... Again, I want to see the film. Yeah. I don't even know if... We can- can you even film this? Oh my gosh. It would I would be, love to see oh, someone try. Yes. Oh. Like, traveling through the multiverse. Oh, yeah. The Arbiter himself. I'd love to see the costuming. Like, how would you how would you that out? That. Um, well, you gotta love that Galen gets her revenge too in the end. <sighs> yes. And she frees the uh other uh poor accused up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there is something definitely about the concept of people wanting to get rid of you because you are dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's just such a great character. Uh, next up, we had a ghost story, a haunted house story of sorts. What She Left Behind by E.R. Griffin, who uh, also uses she, her pronouns. So this is a story that takes place uh, in both 1956 about a missing girl named Erin, missing in quotes, and 2018, the haunted a girl named Mel, who is a sexual assault survivor, and uh, ultimately Aaron gets her revenge. Sorry, Mel. <laughs> can I can I give a little note, just a little editor? Get in quote? there. 1976. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I liked this story. I love a haunted house story. I love a spooky story, and also a possession story. I did feel very bad for Mel at the end, though. It has such a sad ending. <laughs> I was happy for Aaron's revenge. Yeah. But I felt bad for Mel. I know. I wish it hadn't been at the expense of Mel. This one I thought was probably the most true horror of the Uh, stories. I I really liked it, but it just made me sad at the end. Yeah. I I couldn't. I just couldn't with the ending. Not that it was a bad ending, but it's just, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt like, oh, I I just. She went through so much. And it's like, you want her to come through at the end, you know. Yeah. A winner, too. I wanted them both to win. I want want them both to win. So that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. But I loved it at first. Yeah, I, I thought it was in. very compellingly written. Yes. And I appreciated Mel's tenacity to help this person find justice yeah. and to uncover the truth about what happened to Aaron and the other characters involved. I also appreciate the address of 1138 Rhododendron Way. <laughs> THX 1138, anyone? <gasps> oh, oh nice. a reference. We love a reference. Good, good catch. Nice. We're moving on to my favorite. Okay, this one is tied with another one, but we're just going to go ahead and say it's my favorite. We're just going to go ahead and say that right out. Which one is this? This would be After the Foxes Have Their Say by Tracy Martin. Uh, Tracy uses she, her pronouns. This is the story of the war- of the warden. His witchy wife, old Jebediah Pickmaster slash Satan, uh, the spirited away children, the stone daughter, and ultimately a man uh, corrupted by his need for female love. Each female generation learns to take her power back. The reason why I couldn't remember what the next one was is because this is the one that, that literally I just... I didn't get. I didn't get it. You know, I really? I actually wondered if you were gonna like this one because it has that like Southern Gothic horror yeah. kind of, which is yeah. so up your alley. So up my alley, yeah. especially anything about devils at crossroads. Yeah. I'm I and like that up. this is like not my alley whatsoever. <laughs> so, 
again, doesn't mean it's bad. It's yes. just, it's just not my vibe. Oh my gosh. I loved this story. I love the way it's obviously not um that old. It's in the 20th century is kind of the vibe you get, but um it's told like kind of a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And there's a magicness to it. There's lessons learned, but ultimately, when you're a man whose heart gets corrupted like that, you do make your own way to hell. And you will ultimately be left by the women in your life because of your poor decisions. So it's kind of like folk tale, mm-hmm. little bit of a Faithfully. lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Lesson in there. Um, there's also uh, a line that I really love when the stone daughter comes of age and that mm-hmm. boy wants to marry her and she's like, hmm, if I do this, I, I'm going to, I'm going to quote from it. Okay. Now the warden's daughter was young, but her mother's blood ran through her veins and she was no fool. She saw the sharp edges and ragged cuts all along his offering of marriage. And she knew that if she pulled her father's heart out of her chest and replaced it with the boys, she'd spend her life tied to a man's rib. So good. Yeah. That, uh, and there's something about this notion of a female being transferred from the care of her father mm-hmm. and carrying her father's heart literally and figuratively. And then she must move to this other man for him to own her and give pass this heart along to him and you can see that starting with his wife leaving and taking the children because one of at least one of the kids was going to be raped by that horrible administrator that it's like every generation the women get smarter and they get more cunning Mm. and the man started out as a decent man but his selfishness and his need for that love and that control of a woman corrupts him i thought this was brilliant <laughs> we're just sitting here silently <laughs> just like sitting there with like their jaws i like, think i just like i was just like ready to go on to the next one i think i just didn't like i didn't analyze it that deeply i just kind of appreciated it on a surface level i mean there is some great writing in here there's there's one line i i liked um it says he ran until a stitch bedeviled his side and he had to stop to exercise the demon i like, love it that's good southern gothic <laughs> yes stuff right so there's a lot of that great kind of writing in here but again not my thing so once it was done i was like i was, I was kind of ready ready to move on oh like a knife like a like a devil's <laughs> sigh through my heart it's funny to say that because i i read it twice really? i read this really? one twice no literally because i could i didn't understand what was going on i i understand better now like kind of you talking I about like, you. like i got i got the i got the uh, symbolism with the hearts and and passing yeah. on I, I i got that part but that was that was really the only thing i i really understood everything else was very obtuse to me it was just I yeah. could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obtuseness. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that I gave you both something to chew. <laughs> and I hope you'll read it again. My and, mouth uh, is full. Your mouth is full. And uh that you will ask for a, a second helping one day. And yes. uh not that I have to sway you or the author does, but um 
I don't know. I got what you were laying down, Tracy, and I was there for it. Like I said, eat it with a spoon. Went back for second helpings of that that Southern biscuit. <laughs> uh, next, we had what I think was a brilliant oh, story. Oh, my God. Right? And that would be Shadows by Demetria Lunetta. Uh, Demetria uses she, her pronouns. This is the tale of Dr. Janet, the anthropologist, and the tribe of women, uh, joined by Cassie, the linguist, uh, Chira, the leader, Kaya, rest in peace, and Peter, the drugged man. The story of this tribe of women who have not been corrupted by our modern society. They live in uh, the jungle in Peru, I believe it was. And they treat boys as shadows, which they trade for salt. This was my favorite. Okay, 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 okay. I loved this story. First of all, it was it was a big meaty story. Yeah, I wanted it to be a novel. Like, I wanted yeah, I, I wanted, wanted it to right? branch out on its own. Like it, novel, app- movie, all of that. Yes. Oh, yeah, for real. Oh, 100%. It Netflix should special. be a movie. Oh. Okay, I take it. <laughs> um, it was Sold. just I I love that, you know, going that that anthropology and 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 yes. going out and and learning about new cultures and and I loved like the strong feminism and, and what's the term that she used? Uh, uh, gynocracy. Yes. Yes. I uh, highlighted that, that one. <laughs> you bet that your butt. I gynocracy did. is also a very tattoo-worthy word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. Brighter that on a pillow. Yeah. You have the main character who is horrified. Even really kind of to the end about what they're doing with the men, the shadows. But, you know, when you think about it, men are simple creatures sometimes. (laughs) And like... Yeah, they're drugged up, and yeah, it's it's wrong and everything. But in, in they're a, happy <laughs> in a in a weird sort of way. They're like yeah. you give them drugs and sex and food, and they're kind of like, okay, that's kind of what I want in life. Well, I so, mean, their, val- right. their value is placed upon their ability to breed, which is a turning of the tables for the women in the audience, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Um, for many generations and many cultures <laughs> many for a very long time, uh, the concept of the broodmare. I uh, love ta- stories like yeah. this that they like they don't start out scary at all. It, it almost made me think of like Jurassic Park where ah! it was just that like the science and the slow you burn. know the, the experts studying this field that they're very passionate about and geeking out. It felt real. It felt I mean, real. It really did feel yes, real. Yes, yes. Um, and talk about compulsion. I could not get enough of this story. I was like, I what are they doing with the boys? What's happening now? What's going to happen to Janet? Are they just going to let her and Cassie go? Are they really okay with this? Like, I, I had no idea what to expect. What happens right. when another woman wrongs another in this society? And unfortunately, that's discovered with poor Kaya. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, I, I love that story. My favorite. My favy fave. Um, Are you guys okay with the fact that um, Janet completely immersed herself and isn't going to leave and kill Cassie? That's crazy. Well, it's I... Hard. I uh, I thought about us watching Midsummer together. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Did you Did you think about Midsummer? When oh, you read this? I did. I thought a whole lot about it because, for my sister being so heavily immersed in anthropology, mm-hmm. I've absorbed some of that through osmosis. Okay. And um, I appreciate the anthropologist's dilemma. You're never supposed to join, right? Like you're supposed to observe, not judge. Mm-hmm. Just like in Midsummer, this is their way. This is their customs. It's different than ours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even when it's something extreme and we would even find morally just a- apprehensible. Yeah. Like Cassie, the linguist, she's 
not an anthropologist and she's like they trade baby boys for seasonings (laughs) (laughs) and they don't really answer what happens with the boys i like to think that they're adopted they go to loving homes like to think i'd like to think that and that's kind of what's going on in my head canon uh (laughs) but i i yeah that i want to read more of her books Uh, from demetria yeah i I want to read i shouldn't say more of her books i want to read a book by her i want to read everything (laughs) read it all oh i'm so glad you guys all had Uh, that experience with it too because it is meaty and it could be um a slog if you weren't enjoying it completely yeah yeah Next up, we have At the Guardians, 1792, by Jenna Len. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Jenna uses she, her pronouns. Uh, I looked up, (laughs) for reference, 1792, because that's obviously significant. So uh, 1792 was the year that Mary Wollstonecraft wrote A Vindication of the Rights of Women, The according to the Britannica Uh, is the seminal English-language feminist work published in England, challenging the notion that women exist only to please men. She proposed that women and men be given equal opportunities in education, work, and politics. One of those things that even I, as a feminist and somebody who loves history, was like, why do I not know everything about (laughs) this work? So this is the story (laughs) of uh, vigilantes in Guy Fawkes masks with hot pink lips, Taking revenge on wronged women, Savvy, our heroine, becomes one, and she's happy to do it. We love a hot pink lip. We love a hot pink <laughs> lip. God, don't we? You guys, talk to me about this story. F*** all men. <laughs> that's, that's, the story. That's, that's my story for this story. F*** all men. Right, because you think you're owed something by my friendship? Does it feel like that going about the world? I think men. every girl has Does had that experience. Does it feel like that where it's like every single man around you, every single male friend around you ends up turning into kind of a dick? Okay, I'm not going to say ever. No, no. But I think all girls have been there with male friends. Mm, yes. Okay, I'm not yes. saying every, but no. you, you get what I mean. That's like it's happened a lot. Enough that... Enough that... Yeah. I mean, I know I'm not, I'm not actually suggesting like, all men, I, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that discussion. Nope. Uh, I just mean percentage wise, like I don't feel like there's a large percentage of women out there out to get me or who uh, I just can't trust. I don't I feel like that mean. that's something that but you're like that I deal with. But you're like, isn't that like the way it is for girls, though? Yeah, it's very relatable. Especially for young, for younger teenage, for teenage, yeah, especially, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do we think, guys? Did we love this story? Do we hate this story? We I liked think this I, story. I, I I like it. It's, I really liked it. It's, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I loved it, but I really liked it's it. It's very extreme. <laughs> so be it. Did you? Um, I like the way. Uh, so Kelly, you'll have to tell me if you related to this. I like the way it uses technology and kind of where we're at in this contemporary world but it didn't feel like this is going to be horribly dated someday yeah I, I did like the the timeliness of it um but it, it wasn't written it wasn't like hokey or silly at all like like you say yeah i think it you know i could read it in 10 years and still be as affected not be like oh isn't that quaint right you know, the idea so, of, of yeah. posting on social media is really like, going to go away that's not that that box isn't going to close 
shows. Right. It may look different in 10 years, but the idea right. is still going to be the same. Because it's, it's all going to be like in our heads already. We're all going to be connected to the... Yeah. Cyber telepathy, the, basically. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, Elon Musk is working on it. So. <laughs> and to be fair, in the book Savvy's friend Sam, he doesn't turn out to be a dirtbag to her. So I that was nice. Right. That's right. true. Yeah. You're right. But those, uh, right. you know, Sam's are few and far between. They sure are. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I, I saw, I don't think this was, you know, like I'm so smart for predicting this, but I saw where this was going, that, you know, you're gonna have to repay your debt. But I didn't know how Savvy was going to respond to that. And I was really happy that she's like, oh, I feel like really excited. And she's like smiling. I think there's I think there's there's two ways to go about a book where you feel like people are going to know where it's going. You can either try to hide it. And, and if that's your main focus, and, and if people guess it, then it's going to be kind of spoiled by that. Or you can just accept, hey, uh, people are going to know where this is going. So I'm going to write this so that they either enjoy or appreciate how we get there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that this definitely falls into that latter camp. I don't think the author tried to hide where it was going. No, it think, wasn't obfuscating. I think it was kind of celebrated where it was go- going. But right. let's, let's see how it gets. She's there. not trying to, you know, M. Night Shyamalan us in any way. Um, I love, I love how she, I love how she writes teens. Very believable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, they drink, they sneak out. It's life. <laughs> yeah. Even, even her, who's a quote unquote good girl, which, you know, that doesn't exist. And I no, think people are complicated. Yeah, right. And, right. you know, even, even the, the quote unquote good characters, they still like to go out and have parties with their friends. Like it's, yeah, that doesn't that's make okay. you a bad girl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I just really, I really like how she wrote them. Uh, she has respect for her characters and doesn't treat them like, like, oh, look at these annoying little teens with There's, their, with yeah. their cool slang. What's up? <laughs> what's going on my fellow teens (laughs) and i get the feeling that as an author she doesn't talk down to her teen audience well her her ya voice is awesome yeah yeah really like it i i think she's gonna be our friend i think we just found a new friend kelly so (laughs) you guys you guys we're at my other favorite story (gasps) which Oh, God, this was hard between this and the foxes. I was like, which was my favorite, which was my favorite. Um, This would be Gravity by Kyrie McCauley. Kyrie uses she, her pronouns. This is the magical realism story where women in this family are cursed with mirth and they float until they're the age of 16. Uh, This, of course, goes away when they are in water. Not a punishment, says grandmother, but a desire to keep them safe from men. You guys. You guys. (laughs) Did you? Am I alone on this one, too? I enjoyed it. No, I definitely enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it. I, um... I think that the idea of, you know, I don't know. I I, I definitely ide- identified with the hiding feelings and hiding emotions part of it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely understood the references as far as, you know, being expected to smile as... I mean, uh, that was one of the most relatable things in this whole collection. Did you... Uh, there's, well, there's another story about smiling. Oh, my gosh. Tons of line after line. Oh, my gosh. This, like, whole thing would have been a highlight. Yeah. Kelly, I bet we have um, a, a lot of the same section highlighted Mm -hmm. where um, men who want all girls to smile at them don't really care if the girls want to smile. Oh, gosh. Uh, I I loved her. Just these, sometimes just like these these quick little, these little tidbit lines that just... Uh, she's talking about when when she's eight months old and she's she's sick with a fever. Yeah. 
104 degrees and still smiling. I was Ugh. like, same. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling that when, yes. Been there, Oof. done that. Um, and then, the, <laughs> and then whoa, the other one, I smile in interviews and break inside. It's like Ugh. every day. Every day. Right. That's retail life right there. It's retail life. It's life as, well, not even just as a female, but as a person where it's like, everybody just wants you to be happy. They don't want you to feel the feelings. They just want you to move um, amicably <laughs> through life. And uh, that's that's good. Um and it's like you don't want to. And it's like they're cursed with this, that no matter how they're feeling, they can't feel anything but this mirth. Um, more that I had highlighted, uh, men who are like wolves. I wish men knew what it meant for a compliment to feel like a threat. Are you feeling Ooh. seen? Are you feeling seen yet? I see you every day means I've been watching you. What a pretty smile means I want to eat it up. I wish all girls smiled like you means girls owe me their joy, real or not. I cannot even tell you how seen I felt. That's why it feels so good at the at the end when she says uh, when she uh, she says I smile and this time it is a soft smile, a barely there and not at all cursed smile, a smile not for the consumption of wolves, a smile just for Odette. And Odette. Oh no, Odette. I mean, Odette. Really, I love this relationship. Beautiful, this unproblematic everything. childhood uh, best friends turned romantic relationship. And like so, so innocent. It's very age appropriate. Yes. Yeah. I love the idea that when she gets to have gravity, Odette is her gravity. <sighs> And I was so, I was so glad this story had a happy ending. I was I was getting real scared. Yes, there for a sec. I was like, oh, well. And like the notion, uh, Kyrie follows up on too. What kind of inspired this story is that women often have to choose between freedom and safety. Mm-hmm. And isn't mm-hmm. that so poignant? I mean, yeah. I love magical realism in general. I do too. I yes. eat it up. Yay. Yep, yep. Um, and like the idea, like literally and figuratively, you must wear a shackle that mm-hmm. keeps you down. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, oh. like, I mean, it chills. It just it's I, chills through me. I was like, I, I had to stop and think about the logistics. Like, okay, she's on the swim team. So she, and she's got these like metal, you know, metal shackles on. I have this vision in my head that when she gets in the water and she takes them off, Odette kind of like comes and like holds onto them for her. Because Odette's like her biggest fan and always there. Yeah. Um, I love that she was weird, weird, you know, because she couldn't not smile even when she like broke out her teeth. But Odette like gave up other people for her. Yeah, I I love I love how like their first meeting when she's a little kid and she falls, you know, falls on her face, knocks her teeth out or whatever it was. But and and Odette's just like, hi, (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) I'm here. I'll be here. I'm going to stay here. I like you. Mm -hmm. This is something else I've actually noticed about short stories is that you don't have to ship characters in short stories because usually the author just gives it to you. (laughs) That's true. And it's very um, rewarding. Very much so. Scott, what did you think about this story? Obviously, Kelly and I gushing over it and feeling so like hitting yep. the this button mm-hmm. i really loved this oh I, I really did. I, I thought the concept was very unique i really liked the way it was told i liked a lot of the symbolism there's a few things that that went over my head that i kind of had to like really think about okay. like i still don't hey. understand the relevance of water but Hmm. But maybe it maybe maybe it doesn't have doesn't a deeper have meaning to, and it doesn't have to. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I don't think I see a relevance either. I think I see it's it's nice that our character, our heroine, 
in this family, they they all discover that magic for themselves. Like nobody tells her because they're like, she'll find it. And mm-hmm. it's so poignant when she finds the relief. I think this is my second favorite in concept as far as mm-hmm. just as far as just creating a unique idea. Yeah, I might I might have to agree. Uh, I might have to uh, agree there. Reading everything by this author. Yes. Again, well. another another excellent YA voice. Teen's written very well. Yeah, yes, written very well, not talked down upon, and always nice to see magical realism. There's not enough out there. I love it. I'm so glad you like magical realism. Oh my god, yes. Uh, Fairy tales in general. I mean, I grew up with fairy tales and fairies and princesses and all that wonderful stuff. So next we had, I think, a very interesting story that I wish I had more of a connection with, which would be The Guardrail Disappears by Melody Simpson. I like that we got side Sci-fi. We got set. We, we got, got sci-fi. sci-fi. Yeah. Stoked on that. You know, I was down. I so, know. I yeah. was thinking about you. Yeah, I, I like, thought about you too. Into this, uh, Melody uses she/her pronouns, and this is for a recap. Samara turns eighteen and gets an autonomous vehicle, aka an AV, from her controlling. Uh, kidnapper of a mother <laughs> and uh, through the AV she gets DNA tested and reveals she was taken by this woman who has been her mom and Melody speaks that she wanted to write not only about an AV because she had recently uh, been kind of immersed in that but also a mother-daughter story I wish I connected to this more as much as I liked the concept and as much as I, I loved the technology and the sci-fi setting mm-hmm. and I actually enjoyed the story overall yeah i have to say there really wasn't a lot to connect with it's a very specific sort of issue okay you think so yeah i I, i'm with you on that i i definitely can't relate because i have a fantastic relationship with my family Mm -hmm. um gosh that sounds so i'm so great i get along really well with my family guys (laughs) i have no problem my parents are my best friends but like seriously though Okay. I think I hear you though. I don't think this one has to be relatable though. I think it's just yeah. I think it's just a really dark sci-fi story. I just I don't know if it fits in this collection. I really mm-hmm. like the story. I really like the setting. I really like the character. I actually would like more of this. I just don't yeah. think it fits in this particular collection. It's kind of the 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 sore toe. Is that a is that a thing, the sore toe? <laughs> Reminds me of uh, scary stories to tell yeah, the dark. It, it sticks it out like a sore thumb. That's that's what I'm looking for. Or toe. It's just not. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not. It, it's really good, and I like it in a lot of different collections. It just was a little bit jarring in this one. I think that there is a thread that I did relate to, which is the idea that not so much necessarily parents, but that there's someone in your life that you're tethered to, and their happiness is dependent upon you. And I think that's um, something that both uh, any gender would feel. You know, especially, I think a lot of people do have that codependency, uh, starting with their parents. And I did think that that was really powerful. And I think that's what kind of helped marry it into the collection for me. Um, I really am also very fascinated by AVs. Uh, yeah, that was the highlight of this one for me. I want one. Yeah. I want a vehicle that drives itself that is also a, a like an RV that is also a virtual reality room. It's like a holodeck on wheels. Yeah, it's like it's, <laughs> I'll take it's it. everything I want. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me up. Okay, we're all getting um, one. We're all getting one. Uh, one thing I will say, this was probably the most stressful and suspenseful 
of the stories. Oh, and I mean, I appreciate that that character, that Samara, Sara, whatever her name is, poor thing, that she made that choice to do something yeah, so it, extreme. But it was so suspenseful because, I mean, there were times when she had, you know, two seconds to, you know, get on the phone and swipe, 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 put in the password. Ugh. I got to log it. I mean, it was, I, I was, ooh, I'm a sweat. Yeah. Not unlike I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> reminiscing about it. Uh, next up, we had Good Sister, Bad Sister by Azura Knox. Uh, Azura Knox. Great name. It, it's a beautiful name. Uh, Azura uses she, her pronouns. This is the tale of sisters Delay and Senem. Delay gets her period. Uh, it becomes a werewolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All like kind of in one night. Uh, she gets revenge on her sister's rapist. And ends up kind of embracing her heritage and her femaleness and her new werewolf skin <laughs> all in one. Uh, this was another long story. This was what quite, is it? I don't even I don't remember, remember it being, being that long. It was pretty long because we get a lot of backstory okay. and we get um true. It, it's pretty long, like it's pretty long up there, but it read quick. What was your guys' experience with Good Sister, Bad Sister? I really liked it. I liked the storytelling overall, and I liked the idea of em- embracing what is normally considered to be a curse. Yeah, that that I do like. Which yes. which is kind of I feel like <laughs> I, it's dangerous for me to step into this, but I feel like but are you talking about the women's monthly curse. Yes, yeah, yes. I, I know that's where you're going. Okay, I feel like that that was kind of the 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 connection there, mm-hmm. yeah. and I I appreciated that a lot i i am not someone like i worry that there are some problematic themes in it um her mother for example is yes very manipulative oh she cuts Mm -hmm. off a huge chunk of her hair i found that to be very which is like her that's her everything is her her And, and and that may be and, uh, and not saying it's actually God, her I hate everything. To say that this. is just personally yeah. what she feels. It, it, yeah, it's I, I think she treasures. I feel like someone taking uh, control of your body like that is very abusive. It's so invasive. and I don't feel like her mom was really called out enough for that. I was I was hoping that my fears of that would be assuaged uh, when I when I would read the author's afterward because I was like okay well the author probably wears a hijab and this could be from her own experiences and that's not the case yeah I don't know uh, if Azura Knox does or not I didn't say her best friend oh yes her best friend growing up was Muslim yeah Yeah. which which and and that may be that may be the experiences that that she read I don't want to say she obviously did have somewhat of a personal connection and I want to be clear this isn't a write what you know sort of thing like it's not no, right. this isn't an own voices story but it i don't i don't know if i'm ready to read a story about someone being forced and manipulated into wearing a hijab from someone who does not wear a hijab themselves that that really rubbed me the wrong way and i don't really have a right to be rubbed the wrong way in this it just it wasn't interesting it, i just found it problematic to me well like i said i th- i think more than the forcing was the chopping of the hair yeah i found really creepy and yeah. not oh, okay yeah yeah um, 
Um, I really liked the two sisters in this story, though. I thought mm-hmm. they were really cool. I love oh. the idea of her getting revenge for her sister. I, I love I love how just protective they are of each other. I and found that really powerful. You have a sister have a you're close to. I have I a sure sister. Do. I, yeah. I'm close to. We're um, the babies. Yes, we're the, babies. We're the little sisters. Yeah. And they're we're the big the sisters. Yeah. Um, I also really loved how she does decide, I, I think decides, to wear the hijab, but she punks it out. Well, she does it for herself at the yes. end, and I loved yeah. that. Because she's I really strong. She's that. strong in all of her choices now, was kind of the message I got. She goes a little goth. Goes a little goth Isn't punk. Yes. And she uh, kind of says, like, you know, she kind of stands up to the popular girls that everybody, you know, doesn't really want to talk to. And she says, yeah, karma's a bitch, right? <laughs> and you're just like, what? And you're not supposed to say that about the darling boy who, right. yeah, no. Um, but yeah, I do, I do agree with what Scott was saying, where I liked the storytelling. I didn't find myself frantically highlighting lines, though. So. Yeah. Uh, next, we had Vigilante Lane by S.C. Green. Uh, this author goes by she, her pronouns. It's the daughter of a female serial killer who uses her own killer instinct to go after evil men. Talk to me. I'm was it shaking my head <laughs> shaking your head good shake your head bad <sighs> i wanted something it was torture porn oh. it, was t- it was a little bit tp a little bit tp which you know has its place in the horror genre yes but um, it's not something i actively seek out i kind of like torture porn. yeah that's okay you know i yeah. had i had my I, uh, moment with it <laughs> i i love how bloody and violent uh this piece got um, there was still a little something that left me wanting at the end of the story. Yeah, it just kind of, that's why I say it, it was kind of just straight up torture porn and not much else. Okay. And I wanted that something else. You wanted a little more yeah. satisfaction. Well. I agree. This is actually not the only story that this character appears in. Yes, I noted that. Wait. Yeah. This is an origin story to an existing character. And when I read that, I was like, oh, oh, I like this way better now. Okay. And I read it again knowing that. What a smart way for the author to kind of introduce that, that uh, there's an existing character. Tell me, tell me. I need to know. I haven't figured it out yet. I haven't read the other book. Oh, okay. So by the same author? By the same author. Okay. She has written other books with this character. Oh my gosh. Well, that, yeah, that makes it 10,000 times better. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like I would have Love enjoyed this story, story yeah. more if I'd already been introduced to the character. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a, with a story being written for existing fans. I did like the concept. I, I wanted more from it, but I, when I realized yeah. that it's because there is more, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, so I, that down. totally changes it. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Well, maybe wow. we'll all uh, explore that author's work a little bit more and see how we feel upon a deeper dive. She's a little badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's so, not afraid to go there. No. Next up, I have uh, one that I really loved, and I hope you guys did too. We have But Lingered Here by Liz Coley. Liz uses she, her pronouns, but Jules, uh, the protagonist in this story, uses they, them, their pronouns. Uh, Jules is a fight choreographer in theater school, 
who accidentally summons all of Shakespeare's murdered and dead characters and will now use them to kill their abusive father. Was this your second favorite? No, not at all. Oh my ah! god! Not at all. This was at this all. was way up at the top for me. Yes, I knew this was gonna be like your favorite, oh, Scott. No. I mean, okay, here's the thing. I loved all the theater stuff. I loved the superstitions <laughs> because I absolutely okay. subscribe to it. But I have to say, Jules made me so angry. They made me so, so very angry because every time they did something like, you know, saying the name of the Scottish play and... (laughs) We're not in the theater. You can just say the chat. Clarify, I've been doing theater. I mean, Scott and I have been doing theater, I guess, our whole lives, kind of, sort of. Same, well, same here. Yeah, I'm oh. not an actor, but I'm a theater. I too yeah. am theater folk. Okay, so yeah, we're all theater folk here. It's kind of a big <laughs> deal for me. So yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. I wanted to kick them out of the theater, and I really didn't want them to have the happy ending that they got. Oh, I'm just come gonna on, say it. No, no that Jules was totally inappropriate. Totally inappropriate and and completely unsafe to their castmates. <laughs> Absolutely inappropriate. <laughs> Fired from the production. I, I really loved this story. I really did. I, 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 I am. I, I. I can see Kelly did not love this story. Um, no. Why? Why, why Kelly? Okay. First of all, I hate stage combat. Oh. Because a, I'm like, terrible at it. <laughs> And that's pretty much it. So that's why. That's why. <laughs> Anytime I've had to attempt it, it's just all gone awry. Um, I just, I'm just so, so not into it. Theater okay. people are a lot. Theater people are a lot. <laughs> a lot to deal with. And I'm like, I'm around them so much. Like, I don't want to read about them right now. It was, yeah, it was just a little over uh, one token line. Yeah. Sweet Jesus, little one token line. And like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Jules, <laughs> they're just so sure of themselves, which is not a bad thing, but it's That's like... That's not your type of character. A little a little cocky, maybe? Oh, very much, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, probably built from a lot of hurt. Yes. At least we do yes. get some insight that that's true. That that's, that's true. what's made Jules Jules. And um, especially someone that, you know, has to deal with taking shit about how they choose to identify. And then also coming from an abusive home. Um, I... I was really rooting for Jules a lot. I, I was sure. really feeling him. Yeah. And uh, then I love Shakespeare. Shakespeare is like, because y- you two were both really into musical theater. Yeah. Musical theater is not my thing, <laughs> but I love Shakespeare and I love the bard. And so just having these characters come forth and it was kind of funny too. <laughs> um, like there was like, they even like quoted some of their own lines and then like Jules trying to be like, figure their way out of this situation and like so um and I just therefore can't. too <laughs> i just can't i can't <laughs> i i found this a fun story but we gotta move on there's we gonna be blood move on. We gotta move on. the whispers by Lindsay klingel gosh i really hope i'm saying that name right too i'm sorry Lindsay. Lindsay uses she her pronouns inspired by the suffragette movement young ladies of a small town start rebelling against marriage they get their voice boxes cut out as a quote-unquote cure um so then the ladies get revenge against the vile mare gauge and oh what a bloody revenge it is this was the most horrifying one for me like i actually was just like 
I was I was sweating, my heart was beating, I was nervous, I, and 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 horrified when they're having like I thought they were going to be lobotomized. Oh, see, I thought they were going to be generally mutilated. And and somehow this was this was for me. I, I don't know about genital mutilation; that actually might be the worst. But but for me, uh, having their voice boxes removed was worse than what I had in my mind. Oh, it's horrible! It was it, it just awful, and obviously awful. very symbolic of having their yeah. voice taken away. Oh, having their voices taken away. You don't have to have your voice box removed to have your voice taken away. That's for damn sure. And not yeah. only, yeah, but having... Yeah, their- I know a lot about... I'm just going to talk over you right here. I'm just going <laughs> to cut in. Funny. Funny. See, this is also a comedy podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is also a, a great example of not only losing your freedom of speech, but your right to your own body. Oof. it's big it's deep yeah. stuff did you guys like this story though did you enjoy the writing uh what'd you think i i thought it was quite good yeah i thought it was very good, good. like i said it af- it affected me very strongly but um Ooh, and how creepy when they were like hiding in the shadows <gasps> and he's like thinking he's seeing things and they're like hiding in his room and i feel like you really liked that kelly as a uh as a as creepy a as a creepy lurking ghost <laughs> yes in certain, uh, i identified picture. yeah that you're like mm, i would be i'd be in there yep and um i i i don't know i love suffragettes of course I thought yep. that was important to have a suffragette story in there as well. And I like how they became like a, a, a legend, you know. Yes. Legendary. And yeah, that it's like, oh, you can, boys, you better be good or the whispering ones will come yep. get you. Yeah, f- totally oh, fine awesome. with that. Uh, next, we have a little quickie by uh, Emily Martell. Uh, Emily is uh, identifying as she, her, called Smile. Short but sweet. Taking the misogynistic smile cat call to new heights. Love a good micro horror. Yes. Love it. Um, sometimes the most effective horror is the short and what you don't see. Um, we talked a little bit about this when we talked about gravity. And uh, this is kind of the same thing. I think that you'll be hard pressed to find a female or female identifying person who has not been told to smile by the males. (laughs) It's hard to talk about it because it is so short, but it's very satisfying. Do you just kind of wish you could do that every every time someone tells you to smile? Yes. Unhinge my jaw. See, it's so hard because I'm such a people pleaser. So like... But you'd still eat them sometimes. Sometimes. That's all we wanted to know. I just don't know that if if I had the ability, I don't know that I could actually do it. You know what, though? It'd be enough to scare them. Maybe you wouldn't have to do it. True. You know, there is something to be said that um, if there's an assailant confronting you, be weirder. Yes. <laughs> That's I, it. That's and I've exactly been a it. fan of that. And people have used that in real life. And I think it I think saved their lives. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. No one gets hurt. Just weirded out. <laughs> that's also like one of my mottos for life <laughs> no one gets hurt just weirded out that's just what i do see i just i think i would be so bad at self-defense again stage combat can't do it <laughs> can't do stage combat can't do real combat but you can horrify them but i can horrify yeah yes i i get these wonderful messages of people being like hey you gave me nightmares I'm like, oh, thank you. If I came across Dog Girl 1 in an alleyway, I would probably faint from fear. So Fair. Yeah. 
I would probably She's take sitting doll- on your couch right now. I know. <laughs> I would probably take doll girl home and be like, Scott, look, 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 I got this doll. And he'd be like, that's great. Why don't you put her right next to the ventriloquist doll? Okay. Okay. And I would just be so happy. But I don't know. Maybe that's why we're friends. All right, guys, we're moving okay. on. We're moving on. Uh, this is the the penultimate. Uh, it's my new favorite word of the week, by the way. Great word. Here is the penultimate short story. Uh, this would be Potluck by Khmer Lane. Khmer, I hope I'm saying your name right again. I'm so sorry. Uses she, her pronouns. Uh, inspired by the masked complexity of the Midwestern woman. Uh, females bring forth potluck items to a funeral and we see insights into the hardships they endure as women. Death can mean freedom from oppression for many women. I want my mom to read this because she tells me stories of her potlucks that she goes to on a weekly basis and I think that she will feel seen. You know what? I'm going to put a pin in that because I want to circle back to that, but I want to hear Kelly's take on this first. Uh, the thing that stands out to me, I love the structure of this story. Yeah, vignettes. I love how it's organized by menu item at yes. the potluck. That is brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. Um, the one line that stuck with me, everyone knows that's what women are like. No greater enemy than each other. Mm. Because it's so true. There's been In groups of women. Not all. Okay, not all. Not all women. <laughs> right. Not all women. But we've had enough of these experiences. And uh, there's a lot out there right now in pop culture about what makes this phenomena happen of women judging each other mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And it's to do with patriarchal overtones and probably them being scared of us banding together coven-like as the powerful witches we are. So right. we need to create uh, competition and yeah. judgment. Yeah. And this particular group of women, um, you know, they're uh, this is a church group, right? I believe so. Yeah. They're yeah. I meaning a church basement. Yeah. So they're probably, there's probably some repressed people in this group. Mm-hmm. And that leads to a whole... A whole lot of fine kettle of fish because there's a subtext and an undertone that she wraps up in the last line, you know, uh, to Mary, she's free. Yeah. Where there is a unity they all have in kind of, and as the author says, in these masks they have to wear. But there's still a tension in their subculture, essentially. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still, uh, I'm perplexed by this, uh, the, her little note at the end, the, the masked complexity of the Midwestern woman. Like, mm-hmm. what, what is that exactly? Well, we're from California. All yeah. three of us are Californians from life till death. <laughs> blood in, so, blood out, California. So we're in a bubble. Yeah. And um, we do know Midwesterners. Um, I would love to hear some of our Midwestern readers and listeners. I think we need, yeah, talk need about what that Midwestern means because voice. I felt the power of that statement, but I yeah, want to know more about it. Exactly, exactly. Because so, I was like, okay, there's some like, some re- repression going on here. Um, maybe identity wanting to rebel against old fashioned values. Yeah, but feeling like you can't because you have to play your part in society and. Yeah, there's like a yeah, lot I of I want to know more. I yeah. I want to know more. And I want to know more about this secret shared unity, too, of the freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a comedic note, 
We're going to come back. We're going to take that pin out of the potluck. I happen to know, Scott, you are potluck phobic. I hate potlucks <gasps> so much. Now, I hate because of germs. Why, no. No. I no. think why Scott is afraid of potlucks is relevant to this story. Enlighten what? Kelly. Okay. Please do. So I hate at potlucks where you're either bringing what you want to eat, at which point everyone's saying what is this strange thing that this person has brought or you're bringing something that is to make everybody else happy in which case it's the same it's one of the same 10 things that get brought <laughs> to every single potluck and everyone is is shaping yours up against are, everyone and that's what all, well that's what all yeah. the items are exactly yeah yep. I, I i feel like potlucks in general are an incredibly judgy scene. I'm yes. guilty of it as well. I 100%. I they, it is a huge stressor for me. Like if you tell me, "Okay, you're in charge of salads." I'm down. I can do that. Okay. You're in charge of appetizers? little bit harder but still like okay this a is a vegetable my appetizer or well, yeah. a bacon appetizer yes. that i won't be eating but you get it give me a job you can even give me a recipe if you want to but like give me a specific this is what i want you to do i can get behind that like thanksgiving we're creating a meal and this is mm-hmm. this is your this is your your assignment. your assignment yeah when it's just like okay everyone bring a dish is when i just go i'm out i don't even want to go <laughs> if you told me yeah. i mean honestly if you told me that you don't have to bring food i still Still don't really want to go because it's just Scott stresses is, me out. Scott man. is making us laugh because he's wow. very funny, but this <laughs> is like a little bit of a real phobia. And I bet Aww. you are not alone in potluck tension. <laughs> um, have you ever had a potluck tension, Kelly? No. <laughs> Okay, so you're alone in this room in potluck. Tension. I mean, if anything, my tension—if I—if I had to pick a tension about potluck, it would be just food sitting out for a long time. Yeah, that's creepy. And my fears of food poisoning. They even talk about the potato salad looking a little dodgy. Oh, that was that was very triggering. I was like, <laughs> oh my god! I, I I immediately went into panic mode. And was like, somebody's gonna eat old potato salad and they're gonna get sick, and this is gonna be awful. It's they, not. It's not going to go it. bad. It's not going to go bad. It's, it's non-fat mayo. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um I okay that's also another form of potluck which phobia. is a thing too because yes. okay I, I'm gonna get on my soapbox here okay, that's a okay, thing too okay. there's God hates always potlucks. that one there's always that one person who brings like the dish that's like the most mm-hmm. like this is the dish that that is you know 10,000 calories for a tablespoon of this <laughs> dish and I'm like but we're gonna make it wrong on purpose so that it's healthy air quotes it's like but now it's now it's not even edible (laughs) you're like it's not the potluck dish i know and love man potlucks don't invite john or junkies then there's always the person that's like i'm gonna bring a bag of chips (laughs) right because sometimes you're like you know what someone's gonna eat these chips and i'm you know i've been that person same (laughs) been that person same but then i've also been the person that's like i'm gonna make this i'm gonna make this dish from scratch yeah, it's it's rare, but you know it's happened. Potluck culture is a thing. It's a culture. It's a thing. If you've been to church more than once, you may have. Oh, church it. potluck. It's a church. Oh yeah, church potluck. Do they have those in Catholicism, Scott? Did you? Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, any <laughs> any kind of like any kind of gathering of more than I'd say four people is a potluck. You say that's just pot- what it is. Potlucks are choir keeping- <laughs> practice. 
is a potluck. But see, here's the other thing. Everyone brings enough food for everyone. So if you have 10 people and everyone brings enough food for 10 people, <laughs> you have enough food for 100 people. And then you get to the situation, well, who is taking what Home. Well, that's how do we pack it up? And that's leftovers a is a vignette. And really, there, yeah, there's there's there. 90 servings that are left over after all is said and done. So you're taking home eight to nine servings. But do you take what you made home? Do you take what someone else made home? How much is what He's having a pot like panic attack I, over here. I can't <laughs> handle it. So in a lot of ways, you were very affected by the story. I take it back. This was the most horrifying story <laughs> in the book. And I think the author would be very interested to hear your opinion on that. Um, so this is the end of our the end of our tale. Uh, we come to the ultimate. The ultimate. Another one the I penultimate. The penultimate. Another one I really liked. Uh, loved uh, the change by Kate Carius Quinn. Kate uses she, her pronouns. This is a poem. Women have evolved to have horns, spikes, uh, defensive bodies and abilities. Women needing to change. They go through this change all of a sudden, this evolutionary thing to defend themselves from badly behaving men who are the real problem. This is a wonderful, I felt, analogy for, you know, kind of the, the rape culture and stuff that we go through of like, well, why was she dressed like that? And it's like, what does it matter what she's dressed like? Why is the men behaving poorly? Uh, Taken to the extreme. Loved, loved this story. Uh, I'm just going to take the mic for a minute and then I'll let you guys have it because I loved it so much. So there comes to a point in the book where now all the men want to be armed too. Oh, because that's only fair that they have guns and whatnot and uh, trophy heading women onto the walls. And of course, the absolutely horrifying concept of Adam's soldiers. Uh, I felt very, very seen, very, very this, very hitting the this button on this story because I find, and this is not a judgment against all people, of course, but I'm very fascinated and disgusted by Judeo-Christian poisoning. And I felt this was a really... Wonderful, smart, well-written story, and I love the twist at the end that our heroine can now kill with her mind. (laughs) Uh, One last thing before I let someone else speak, because again, I felt very, very affected by this story, is uh, when the author writes in her bite, "Uh, I also knew this anthology was called Betty Bites Back, not Betty Gives Up and Takes a Nap. (laughs) Well done, my lady. sounds like something I would do. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to let everyone else talk now. I loved it. Great way to end the collection. I, I love that this collection was bookended with Vagina Dentata and then this. I feel like this is 200 years in the future after v- Vagina Dentata. <laughs> you know, she starts the trend and, you know, women evolve to get these like badass features to, to protect themselves from men. And men just find ways to make, to, to get around that and, and ex- just yes, and exploit, exploit it. Exactly. Yes. Thank you, Scott. This is why I married you. <laughs> uh, Kelly, what what was your experience with changes? 
for some reason, it just it didn't stick with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even really remember it. And I didn't read it that long ago. Do you remember at least the horrifying Adam soldiers? The men who remove a rib. That's right. And they hunt See, the I women. I forgot. I forgot. And she kills them with her mind. I don't remember her killing with the mind. See, it, for some reason, this one was just kind of like in one ear, out the other kind of thing. Okay, maybe you had a little um, emotional fatigue by the time you reached this story. Or actual fatigue, because I'm pretty sure I read this at like 2 a.m. Also, little column A, little column B. A little, a little combination. Um, for some reason, I, I don't know, the line, no woman goes unchanged, stuck with me, though. I like that, because no that's... No woman goes unchanged. That's for sure the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really happy that, uh, Scott, as a male, you <laughs> you appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I wish... I had more something more compelling to say, but I just don't. It's okay. Here's the deal. Here's <laughs> yes. Okay. In- should I like? Should I go to my final thoughts? Okay. No, actually, I think that's a yeah. perfect time. Um, let's move on. Because I'm ready to say thoughts. it. I'm ready to say it. The weight of iron was so amazing to me, so mind blowing, so beautiful, mm-hmm. emotional, stuck with me so much that every other thing I read I was comparing to it because I put it up on such a high pedestal yes and so every other story I read was like well it's not the weight of iron well it's good but it's not the weight of iron (laughs) (laughs) weight of iron and I know I shouldn't be comparing because they're all unique on their own but just none of them were as good as that one you you almost wish they would have ended it with weight of iron maybe in fact I I mean I could have just read that one and yeah been happy I'm exaggerating a little bit but right because obviously we've we've gushed about several of the stories yeah exactly Exactly, exactly. Um, so. No, I I think that happens uh, to some readers. That when you just one get one, piece, one, it's just like it burrows its way into your heart so deeply that... Uh, yeah, I think that's valid. It's like when you meet the love of your life, it's like, oh, that guy's cool. Like, he's good looking, but he's not my hubby, you know? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely it's one of my favorite short stories I've ever read. Evelyn, I think that Which is what, yeah, has found a reader for life in you. Yes. And I mean, I'm so thankful that I got to do this episode so I could read it. Oh, and uh, so now you'll be on the radar to be in volume two. (gasps) Just saying, gotta gotta promote my sister here. (laughs) Um, My kind of final thoughts is I I was just I was blown away. I was bowled over. I was incredibly happy with this collection. I love it. I will probably be giving it as gifts to people and forcing it into the hands of many, even though sometimes it is really graphic and hard to read. I would love for younger audiences to read this collection and to open their minds to kind of a new wave of feminism and new ways to see it. And especially if you are somebody that likes genre stuff, if you like horror, sci-fi, fantasy, it can be really nice to see the genres you love being used, utilized to convey these powerful messages. Mm -hmm. And just, I mean, the overall quality of writing, I just... I mean, they really are all so good. Yeah, like, it's it's an honor. It's an honor. I didn't like hate any of them. I didn't hate any of them no, either. No, I can't say that about all short story collections. No, I mean, there. Yeah, there's some where I'm like, oh, okay, you know, just where it's a struggle, or it felt like but, filler. Yeah, even exactly. the one that we felt. Well, especially Scott felt was a little sore thummy, uh, bad toe, whatever you said. <laughs> uh, it didn't feel like it didn't filler. feel like filler exactly. I mean this this whole collection was so much better than I thought it was going to be. I'm, I'll just be honest. Yeah. I my 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 expectations were somewhat low. Yeah. 
pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. I love pleasant surprises. I do too. Yeah. But I think I've been disappointed so many times that I go into a lot of things with low expectations, like books and movies. Yeah. Books, movies, life. Because I like to be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just kept just teasing. Uh, Scott, well, last but not least. I think that this is incredibly well curated. I think it's really well put together. And even the <laughs> sorto, as I put it, <laughs> was still a really good story. Yeah. Um, a pretty toe. It's a great <laughs> it's a nice toe. toe. I love Better sh- looking at my toes, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I love short story collections for two reasons. One, because I like getting just a rapid fire uh you know, rapid fire stories. I feel like I'm reading books at a rapid fire pace and getting that same experience. And I also really like it because it's a great way to discover new authors. Yes. And I feel like I didn't just read a great short story collection. I gained 12 or so new favorite authors who aren't cis men. Yes. And it was really nice to just be like, okay, I don't, I've read a whole lot of stories by a whole lot of cis men. Let me read others now. And I genre junkies has really done that for me a lot. It's kind of been mm-hmm. my own personal goal to read a lot more, um, you know, of, of different genders. But this book was great. And, and I loved yeah. all the authors. I'm just I'm so yeah. proud of all of them. Like, yeah. how cool because it is so hard for any type of artist, whether you're a writer, a musician, an actor, it's so hard just to to be seen for your work mm-hmm. to be seen and appreciated because we do so much of I mean I can't tell you how many things I've written that no one's even read right my writing's not even out there like sorry but <laughs> it's like it's getting not. there it's getting there but it's not yet uh and so I just like I was I'm so excited for all these authors that like their work is out there now like yeah. how cool is that so you all should be proud of yourself oh I think that's a lovely sentiment from a reader and a writer. Yeah. Oh my the gosh. The struggle you, is real. <laughs> man, it's hard. It's like you, whenever you make an art, you have to do it because you love it. Yeah. And it's yeah. a labor of love. But you do, of course, want it to get it's into the hands. Yeah. Yeah. It, you want to get in the hands and it really, it really is a labor. Yeah. I mean, especially with writing, because a lot of times you're kind of like sitting in a weird position with a laptop and you're yeah. like sweating and sore. <laughs> But you got to keep going because the ideas are coming. You're like, no, I can't stop now, but I have to go to the bathroom and my knee hurts. And you know. Yeah. And my dog wants something. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I haven't, I haven't eaten in six hours. You know, Should probably, uh, should probably yeah. take care of those take basic of bodily needs. <laughs> oh, the struggle. I'm the so struggle. glad that we had Kelly here for this episode. Thank you so much for having me. You guys, we will endorse uh, Spooky Slumber Party. Woo! Yay. <laughs> We can't wait to share that with our listeners. All right, everybody. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Kelly. Good night. (laughs) Good night. All right, everybody. Please keep reading past your bedtime. Yay. 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 sound thank you we're gonna need that that's that's can you just do the whole show like that <laughs> she okay, like keel, okay she keels over at some point <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs>
Oh no! Oh no! Oh my god! It's like a cute little yeah, demon. You should never have actors on this show. Oh wait, you are one. I know. Isn't it great talking into a mic with the headphones though? Yes, it's, it's like a good I feeling. Hear, I can hear myself, which is all I ever wanted. Yeah. <laughs> the truth comes out. The truth comes out. We're a vain breed. <laughs>